sort of live. I'm live right now. Yeah. Uh, episode 11. <laughs> Welcome to Coffee with Crime. I'm Le- Alexi. I am Lewis. And yes, thank you for joining us. We had a um, our 10th episode, you know, last week. And for in celebration of that, we said we would... Um, have a free giveaway. Give away oh, yeah. one of our special Coffee away. with Crime mugs. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. We've never done anything like It this is really before. exciting. I am so excited about, I'm more excited every single episode we do because uh, you keep bringing really interesting cases um, and we've got a lot of people, you know, who are uh, contacting us through different um media and uh, and just saying that they're enjoying it and some people are saying hey you know try this or you know do this crime or do this coffee or whatever so that's you know it's fun when a podcast isn't just out in the, in the ether like s- collecting digital dust but when it's um facilitating relationships and making making life just a little more interesting so uh i didn't know what to expect when we started this but it's been really cool and i'm glad we do it yeah definitely me too it's um and fun. thank thank you to everyone who who listens. And uh, so while we're talking about that, um, we have all the names in a coffee mug, of course. And again, uh, of, this is everybody that d- gave us a review. Exactly. This is... Um, this past week. Yeah, we've got folded up pieces of paper with the names of every single person who left us a review on our Facebook page, Coffee with Crime Podcast on Facebook. They're in a mug they're, right now. They're in a mug. And Alexi, she's shaking them right now. She's being very, very thorough, upside down, <laughs> back and forth. So this it's, is very legit. This is a legit drawing. Yes. I'm watching this right There's now. no funny she's business. Not, she's looking away. She's being extremely conscientious. <laughs> All right. So I have a I'm person. I'm really curious this about exciting. this. Oh, man. And I folded them very, very yeah, uh, meticulously. Did. All right. So you I'm unfolding it right now. Right. And our winner is... Is Lauren Nordstrom. Lauren Nordstrom is the winner. Um, I'm gonna find her um, her review just so we can um, make a note of what she the kind of feedback that she left for us. I hope it's something good. Oh, she yeah, it was, it was really <laughs> nice. Um, I sorry, I should have had this like. Ready, oh no, that's okay. Yes, thank you for everybody who gave us a review. And if you haven't, please just do it or like our like our page. Um, we also we just started a um, a Coffee with Crime Instagram. It's Coffee with Crime official. That's right. Um, so make sure you follow us on there as well. Yes, thank you f- for that. Uh, Lauren Nordstrom says, "I'm not too big into podcasts, but when it was recommended that I listen to this one, I was very impressed. The podcasts are very interesting." And easy to get immersed in. I love hearing about all the coffee and the local coffee shops. I need to try all the. I need to try, and uh, all the coffee shops. I need to try. Sorry, I misread that as her saying like I need to try some crimes. <laughs> uh, all the coffee shops. I need to try, and all the crimes. I had no idea existed. Yeah, that was that was my fault, Laura. And I was not trying to say that you were trying to commit crimes <laughs> um so uh we are going to get a hold of well, her after you, the episode is over thank you for the, nice the five star review and we will be sending her a brand new shiny coffee with crime uh coffee mug in the mail awesome yeah so that's well, exciting great. that's fun we should do that again we should sometime soon we actually should uh, maybe we, for our 20th episode mm, we'll do another drawing yes yes so and, maybe between now and then you should write us a review. Yes, I agree. Um, 
we uh, also, I, I, we have had a lot of interest about the mugs overall. So eventually I think we will probably try to make some so that people can buy them if they want. But for now, um, the only person in the world who owns one other than us is going to be Lauren. So congratulations, Lauren. And uh, in the future, yeah, we're going to work on um, on making some mugs for some fans. So you can get up in the morning, drink your coffee and uh, think about coffee with crime (laughs) (laughs) think about crime think about crime okay uh now i have to do my job uh we uh again you know in keeping with the momentum that is going with the with this podcast um we have some really legit coffee roasters um that are sending us uh coffee for for free for you know as a sponsorship to to just try on our podcast and like i said last week i was really very pleasantly surprised that that happened that people you know would get back to me personally and say hey you know how many you know what kind of coffee do you want and right. uh, it's really neat so today is a an again a coffee that we were sent from a company called clatch k l a t c h and um, it's a family owned, it's really cool. You go to their, uh, website, which is, um, clatchroasting.com. You go to their website and, uh, and you, you see, you know, the whole, um, the whole family is, Ooh, that's a pretty, where are they located? They're, they're outside of LA. Oh, okay. And so nice. they're in Southern California. Um, Mike Aww. Perry, uh, his, uh, his wife, Cindy and Heather and Holly Aww. and it's, and, uh, a couple other uh, people that I don't know if are, if they're like directly That's related, cool. but, um, they look very fun. They, they look like fun people. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and it's just, uh, it, it was really neat to research them. Um, Mike, uh, Mike Perry, uh, is the, uh, chief roaster and, um, a head roaster and he's a chemical engineer actually that's his background so you can oh, see wow. how understanding you know the relationship between that and and coffee and flavor and roasting is is uh you know significant yeah definitely and so it, it was neat to read about that um this coffee that we are tasting right now um let's just take a sip all right i'm excited i've been looking at this coffee <laughs> all right cheers, cheers. Oh, that's good. It's really good. Um, <laughs> I just what 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 is this one called? It's a Panama Elita Natural. Wow, um, this is so good. It's it's a really good coffee, and I mean, we're not the only ones who think so. It's uh, it was rated ninety five um, uh, out of a hundred by a, a very well respected. Um, it's called Coffee Review. It's a website and kind of journal that does a lot of ratings. And so uh, it did win an award for that. It won uh, number 24 out of 30 best coffees of 2019. And so, yeah, and that, and I'm not talking about the roaster overall necessarily. I'm just talking about this actual roast, the Panama Alita natural and um, tasting notes of blueberry fig and maple. I definitely taste the blueberry. I have to try a little harder to taste Mm -hmm. the fig and maple, but um and, and I made this very strong because I really like this coffee and it's just, mm. it's so intensely yeah. good. It's sweet. It's smooth. It's really smooth. Good job, Mr. Perry. Yes. <laughs> Thank you to the Perry's and everyone at Clatch for, um, it's really good for this coffee. It's, it's really phenomenal. Um, I did a little re- research about the area that it comes from and, and it's just, um, it's really cool. It's, 
you know, from uh, Panama, far western Panama, in this estate uh, called Elida. Um, it's it's by a it's by a volcano. Oh wow! And so there's something. It's actually part of the farm. I think a significant portion of the the huge farm where these beans are grown is part of a natural forest preserve in Panama, uh, and and that forest preserve is is related to the volcano. And so it's like a it's like a state park basically, but it's giant. I looked at pictures of it on Google, and um, it's just massive. It's kind of like a Grand Canyon. You know that that's the that's the kind of like feel that you get looking at some of these pictures. It's a huge area, but. But what's makes what makes this the conditions that make this coffee um, different and kind of set it apart is it's very high elevation, um, uh, up to six thousand feet above sea level that these beans are being grown. So obviously that just that that uh, air pressure and and all the things that go along with that changes the flavor. Right, you know, like yeah. every little element of anything that you know where anything is grown changes. The way it's going to taste and how it's going to grow, um, the volcanic soil. So it's very rich volcanic soil that it grows in. It's a cool climate. Uh, there's a significant amount of fog and mist there all the time. So just a lot of moisture and also a low temperature. So whereas a lot of coffee is grown in more hot, humid areas, mm-hmm. um, this is a low temperature, which means that the coffee trees actually take a longer time to okay. grow. I was going to ask you if, if coffee actually grows well in low temperatures. It it. It's it does okay fair enough, but this is a very specific kind of area that you know, like like the altitude, the temperature, everything. Um, obviously, it's in Panama, so right. it's it's it is warmer. You know, it's not they don't have like it's not like, like really, freezing there. Or anything. Yeah, it's yeah. never gonna it's never gonna be freezing, but it's gonna be be cooler. And so I I did read about that that it does take the trees a longer time to grow, and it actually takes uh, there's a longer ripening time for the coffee cherries as well. But what that does, just like just like with a lot of things, when there's like a slower process, it flavor develops in a different way. And in this case, I mean, you can just, the proof is in the pudding, like you drink this and it's like, it's so good and it's so like pure tasting. And so, I don't know, I was watching all these, I was looking at all these pictures of this, of this place and and, drink, and drinking this coffee, uh, checking it out. And I kind of felt like, you know, I was there like yeah. experiencing it because I mean, yeah. that's the cool thing about coffee. You know, we live in the United States. Coffee does not grow anywhere here except in Hawaii, I think. And, um, and so we're always, whatever coffee we're drinking, it's come from a different country. Right. And so um, I was with my friend Sammy in Africa one time in Cameroon, and we were we went to some, you know, really far away village to get some coffee, and we had it on the back of this motorcycle, and we're driving through these ditches and dirt roads in the, in the dark. And I was thinking to myself, like, can you know, I'd been drinking coffee for years at this point, and I'm like, this is typical of the journey that every single bean takes to get to. Oh, wow. Yeah. U.S. to Canada to, you know, uh, you know, the U.K. or, you know, place, you know, um, you know, I, Poland, you know, any any place where coffee doesn't grow. But people are uh, apparently China has been um, China, the consumption of coffee in China has been growing quite significantly, too. Uh, so there's all these countries that love coffee and and they you know, and they rely on these countries that grow coffee. And so there's this interesting, so it's just, it's just a cool lesson about the world when you're drinking coffee, because I mean, you, um, you know, it came from so far away. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, not that Panama is extremely far away from here, but I mean, it's a much different area, much different climate. It's not the kind of place I would normally like think about, Mm -hmm. but I, but today I did because I was drinking this. And so it's a very special coffee. And uh, yeah, I, I brewed it strong because it's good yeah it's really good have you ever had coffee from hawaii 
Um, I have not. We should, if they do have Hawaiian coffee, we should try that sometime. We should. I. I said that that they grow it there. I will have to research that because okay. I'm not totally sure. Okay. But I think if if there's one place where it might have a chance of growing right. okay, then it might be there. Sure. Um, Is there any way you I could make that. you could make like um, conditions for it in like a little greenhouse oh, yeah. or yep. something? And um, grow I, w- it? I was in I was in Korea in 2011, and uh, me and my friend visited a coffee a, a very good um, Korean coffee roaster in the eastern part of south korea it was called terra rosa i will have to check and see if they're still um making coffee i I haven't i haven't really researched them in a while but it was amazing coffee and they had a little greenhouse where they were growing a coffee tree and it was just kind of there for decoration that's cool but because you get really relatively speaking each tree renders a nominal amount of coffee beans like i mean you need you right. need miles and yeah, miles of it these would things. Be too, it just doesn't yeah. make sense for in any like sense in, mm. in any like practical sense for for people to try to make it in the U.S. I mean, I'm sure someone's out there doing it just for a hobby, like trying to grow a bunch of beans, right? Like, just for like themselves, bunch of beans. Or but yeah, yeah, it's just very, it's very, uh, you know, yeah. it, it would be very hard. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Um, speaking of that, though, the um, this is. It's called Panama Alita Natural, and what natural refers to is the drying method. There are basically two methods of, of drying um, beans, and, and the reason they need to be dried, again, in case people, for anyone who isn't familiar with the coffee process, which a lot of people aren't, I mean, you don't, you don't think about it, you just drink it. Um, they, all, they almost look like baby, you know, uh, they, they look like cherries or, or like baby tomatoes or something like that. Um, cherry tomatoes when, when they're on the, these little bushes that go maybe four feet high or something. And the fruit, the, this, this red like flesh, it looks delicious, but when you eat it, it's just tasteless. It's, it's junk. Mm, it it yeah. does. And there's, as far as I know, there's really no nutritional value. So, <laughs> so there's this, be, there's the seed inside, which is the coffee bean. And that's, that's the, that's the seed. But what you have to do to that, obviously, is you have to get rid of that cherry part, that flesh on the outside. And there are two ways of doing that. There's natural and then there's washed, the washed method. Um, and the natural method is the oldest method where they and, and that is you just put basically put them on a surface in the hot sun and you let them you let the cherry dry. Mm. And after it sort of dries, um, you can take the take the bean out or, you know, take the coffee bean out and, and then, you know, keep processing that and roast it and everything. Uh, the other way is to remove it right away and then soak all the beans in water and then all the stuff that was from, you know, all the flesh from the this cherry thing, like it just falls off and then you've got the bean. Right. The reason that most, uh, really the most efficient way of dry, the drying process nowadays reason that most people do the washed method is because um, when when you're when the coffee farm is letting the cherry dry in the sun like on the you know like dry onto the bean there's like a time there's a sensitive time factor so you're if if you let it go too long the the cherry actually rots and it like infuses this like nasty flavor into the bean but if you catch it before that, like just with the right time, um, then it results in what we're drinking now, which is very fruit 
you know, you can, you, they call it fruit forward, but like a very fruity, naturally fruit tasting coffee by letting that f- like outside um, coffee fruit stay on there. Uh, but because so many coffee farms are making coffee at such a huge, you know, like doing mass farming and, mm-hmm. and mass distribution, it's hard for them to keep track. It's, it's just more tedious for them to keep track of, um, of like the timing of like taking that flesh off right away and doing all that. So the coffee we're drinking right now is very labor intensive. It's Mm -hmm. very like you have to really pay attention to it. And um, not to say that washed method coffees can't be good. Like they, they obviously can, but what results in the kind of coffee we're drinking now is that intentionality of leaving the fruit on drying it and then, uh, and having the timing be so exact that you get it right before it's like, (laughs) <laughs> right before it's bad. Wow, there's so much that goes into this. <laughs> there oh, really is. You forgot about the third method, though. What's that? Which is letting uh, little monkeys eat the mm. fruit and then collecting their poop. I forgot they... about that method, yes, which I have also <laughs> tried, and it wasn't that good. It tasted like poop. Well, so that is not a little bit. That's a lot about the coffee that we're drinking right now. And um, and it's one of my favorite coffees that we've had so far. Yeah, uh, it was too, roasted sure. on the 15th. So, I mean, gosh, like that was like a week, you know, a week ago. Yeah. I mean, this is like really fresh, really, really cool coffee. And um, yeah, please visit the, the website uh, for anyone who's interested in learning more. Um, clatchroasting.com. Again, that's uh, K-L-A-T-C-H roasting.com. You can learn all about this family-owned company that does a lot of stuff all over the world with farms and, <clears throat> excuse me, um, is and they offer, you know, they've got merchandise you can get. You can buy your friend a coffee subscription for their birthday or for like an early Christmas present. And um, yeah, just uh, go, support them and um, because they're really, really doing good work. And again, we, we appreciate them uh, sponsoring today's coffee. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for all that. That <laughs> well, was very informative. Yeah. Um, to be honest, it had been a while before I had even read about the washing methods and the drying yeah, methods. Yeah, so, I never even heard of that. So that's yeah, that's it's really all you know, and just the amount, the sheer amount of work that goes into the coffee we drink. Now, you know, I mean, there's the there's the big box. There's like Folgers, and there's right. you know, like uh, you know, huge coffee companies, which they probably expedite and, and take a lot of shortcuts. What what you have here is is very special. But I mean you really do taste the difference. And and I mean coffee coffee like this isn't cheap, you know? It's gonna go for eighteen bucks, uh sometimes twenty dollars for a twelve ounce bag and, and some people just aren't gonna be able to like afford that or, or, or just, you know, like I'm gonna spend my money on other things. But if you really want like it's really amazing good. tasting coffee yeah. And I will say also, if, if you enjoy like a caffeine kick, like usually when you're drinking higher quality coffee like this, it'll really like give you a little <laughs> bit of a caffeine buzz. <laughs> Maybe some people don't want that. Um, I've been drinking a lot of good coffee lately and I, I think I'm just used to it. It's, yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, uh, it's really, really quality stuff and just an immense amount of work that goes on from planting the coffee to you know, uh, the far, far, farmers that har- harvest it, they dry it, they ship it, and then it gets over here and then they roast it with like such exact heat and precision and timing. Um, I've done a little bit of coffee roasting. I, I don't anymore, but I've done enough to know that it's, it's, it's just so 
it's so much work. I mean, it's just so exact. Everything has to be just the right way. And, uh, and even, even after all the things that lead up to getting it from the farm. So, um, really good stuff. And, and so when you think about all, I guess my whole point with that is that when you think about all the work that goes into it, it's not, you know, I can understand why, you know, I, I myself like, you know, am willing to pay that much for a 12 ounce bag of coffee because it's just better than anything else I can get. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Great. Tell us about a crime. Right. (laughs) All right. I'm going to sip on this coffee more. Yeah. You know, I'm going to take a sip too before I get started, if that's okay. (laughs) Please do. Mm, that's so good Mm. all right so today we are going to talk about you know we're going to go back again back in time i know that you okay good it is recording (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna be so mad i had that feeling so i i just to tell everyone what's going on um i had my computer and the i had the recording software open and i hit record but then i like alt tab over to my browser the google chrome to see the website for clatch roasting and i was there for so long that i had i I still feel like this spasm going on (laughs) in, in my chest right now i thought to myself oh my goodness what have i done did I completely forget to hit record? And I did not hit, forget to hit, hit record. We've captured the magic, and it's still it's still flowing. And uh, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> That's good. why we were laughing. <laughs> All right. So we are going to do another old crime. Yes. I hope you're okay with that. I know that you kind of like these. We've been getting you know? really good feedback, yeah, especially on the old ones. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So today we're going to talk about um, Tilly... Gaborik. Is she Hungarian? No, she's Polish. Hmm. Yeah. I I knew someone with Gabor as their last name. Okay. They were were Hungarian. Is Hungary close to Poland? It's not super far, but I'm not super good at geography. Um, Someone's going to probably make make, (laughs) make fun of me now on our our Facebook page. That's fine. Um, Well, after this, we'll have to look at a map of Europe. So... All right, so let's get started here. So Tilly Gaborik, so she was born in Attili, Poland in 1876, um, and then she immigrated to the U.S. as a baby with her parents. Oh, uh, uh, with her parents, okay. Yeah. It's like, how <laughs> they did she do that as a baby? They on a boat and just, you know, good luck <laughs> to you. Moses in the rushes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, when her parents arrived to the U.S., they moved to Chicago. Hmm. So it's kind of a Chicago is the more of a local Polish crime. capital of exactly the, of the exactly world, of so the yeah like you said Chicago has a super large Polish community I'm sure mm-hmm. you you know you lived there for a while so mm-hmm. I'm sure you you know are very familiar with that yep I don't know if this is still true but when I lived in Chicago in 2006 um, the only place the only city that had a higher Polish population than Chicago was Warsaw, Poland. Yeah, I've heard that too. That's, so that's interesting. So they've got Chicago has almost as many people, Polish people in in just living inside the city, right? Than Warsaw, the capital. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, there was an area in Chicago, and I don't know if it's still there. It's called, it was called Little Poland. Okay. Is that still like a thing in Chicago these days? I don't know. Okay, don't know. but that's where. Um, Tilly and her family lived, and it was a poor immigrant neighborhood okay. in the late 1800s and early 1900s. Um, so uh, Tilly grew up very poor. 
you know, her, they didn't have a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And in 1895, when Tilly was just 19, she met and married a man named um, John Mitkevich. Okay. Can, so, can I ask a question? Yeah. Sorry. Um, do you know what her parents did for work? I don't. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Because I read The Jungle a couple of years ago, and so yeah. I'm kind of curious. About, it's uh, that same kind like, of era. Was yeah. that, did that take place in Chicago? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, I think so, okay. yeah. Oh, that's a good book. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they did. Okay. Maybe they worked in a meat packing plant. I hope not, for their sake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so at 19, she marries John McKevich. Um, I believe they had children. I don't know much about them. I don't know like how many children they had. Um, but John, was, he was abusive. He was an alcoholic. He was lazy. He didn't work. He was mean to her. Perfect so he storm was of just bad guy. an all-around <laughs> terrible guy. Wow. So people said that you know, their relationship kind of hardened her. You know, it made her kind of unkind and rude. She was just kind of like a nasty person. And in 1914, when she was 38, she had finally had enough of her husband. And they'd been married 19 years. She was just sick of his crap. And she got home from work one day after a long day and she threw him out. He was there, he was drinking, and she was just like, I'm done with you. So at 38, she's like, I'm I'm starting a new life. So she decides to give herself a makeover. She's like, you know, I'm going to be someone. I'm going to be someone that people respect. Um, you know, if this, if Spotify had been around, then she would have made herself a playlist <laughs> with some Aretha Franklin, yeah. some Gloria Gaynor, some Kesha, <laughs> maybe some Big Sean. Do you have one of these playlists? <laughs> <laughs> I might. Okay. <laughs> So she goes to a dress shop, you know, she's like, I'm going to get some new clothes and like all that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So she goes to this dress shop and she orders a black dress. Mm. And in those days, buying a woman buying a black dress was kind of like a symbol for the fact that she was in mourning. Mm. And so the dressmaker asked her, you know, she's like, well, she's like, I'm so sorry. You know, when did your husband die? And Tilly says, in two weeks. Oh. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, she was shocked and it kind of got around that like Tilly had said that. And it, what's funny is that people weren't like, "Oh my gosh, like Tilly's planning on murdering her husband." They started to assume that Tilly was like a fortune teller uh. and that she could tell the <laughs> yeah, future. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what I was saying. <laughs> and this was back in the day when like women weren't known for like murdering people. Really? Yeah. So I think it just, that was not the first thing people would have thought of. Yeah. You know? Well, and plus, it sounds like she didn't even care if they, you know, she didn't care if people knew. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're like telling that. people. Wow. Yeah. So they, people around town kind of started to like, you know, she kind of gained this reputation that she was like, oh, you know, maybe she's, maybe she knows something that we don't know. And people were kind of like interested in that. Wow. So within the next few weeks, she ends up taking her husband back, you know, so he Mm. comes back to live at the house and Tilly was a really good cook. She was an amazing Mm. cook. Um, She made, um, everybody said that she made this incredible Polish stew and I actually looked this up and I found um, a recipe for, I think it's called Bigos, B-I-G-O-S. 
Oh, Bigos. It's known as the Polish hunter's stew. Oh, that sounds good. What's in it? And it so it includes all kinds of meat. There's Polish sausage, there's pork. Oh, um, you put some Pilsner beer in there, some <laughs> sauerkraut, some cabbage. Heck I was yeah. reading this recipe and I was like, Lewis would love this. <laughs> I'm a soup guy. Maybe I'll make it sometime. That's yeah. We should. Yeah. We can like have you know coffee with stew. Coffee with stew. I would love that. <laughs> do we know anybody named Stu? Oh, we do know somebody named Stu. We do know someone named Stu. He can, stew, he can yeah. be like our special guest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if I do make it, it won't be the same as Tilly's recipe because I, I will have to leave a- out one special ingredient. Is it succinylcholine? Nope. Is it antifree? Nope. Ooh, Go back. The the oh, uh, arsenic? the poison. Yep. Poison oh, of choice in the early yeah. 1900s was arsenic. Which is what again? Is it like a rat poison or something? Yeah. So basically, I mean, I don't. I mean, they used it for rat poison. Right. Um. But yeah, I mean, I don't know like how it's made. I think yeah. it's a naturally occurring oh. compound because okay. um, it's like. It's in the earth, but okay. obviously, and I think if you were to test somebody's body for it, I think everybody would have like a little tiny bit mm. just from like the environment. Yeah. And I, I'm, I have no idea what I'm talking about. So maybe this yeah. is completely wrong, <laughs> okay. but I do, I do know it's like a naturally occurring thing. Okay. Um, but it was not naturally occurring in the stew. It was no, there on purpose. It yeah. was put there on purpose. <laughs> so, you know, her husband's back home he's like tilly made me her famous stew i'm living the good (laughs) life so she feeds her husband dinner and he just scarfs it down yep and arsenic so arsenic poisoning um is pretty bad what happens definitely not something you want to happen so first of all arsenic has no smell or taste so it's it was the perfect poison and i don't know if i don't know if you can still buy arsenic like i don't i mean yeah. i know rat poison is still a thing but i don't know uh, it'd be something to look into i don't know if it no. still has arsenic in it and maybe like like antifreeze they've added in like some kind of agent that makes it taste bad yeah i don't know but um so but if you consume a large amount of arsenic at one time, um, it'll cause excessive sweating, confusion, nausea, vomiting, and then eventually your organs will start to shut down, um, your lungs, your kidneys, and your liver, and then eventually it leads to coma and death. Wow. So it's not, it's not good. Wow. But back in these days, you know, someone gets sick like this and it's, unless it's you really knew common. they were poisoned, yeah. it's like, you know, they just, right. they were sick and they died, hmm. you know, and people didn't really know. Um, so of course her husband gets sick and he ends up dying. And so after he dies, people are like, whoa, like she predicted his death (laughs) two weeks ago. Wow. So people were like, wow, this is crazy. This woman, like, that's so funny that that was their first assumption. Yeah, I know. So she ends up receiving a life insurance payout of a thousand dollars. Which back then And I did some inflation calculation. It's actually only 25,000 today. Oh. Which seemed low. Hmm. Yeah, I thought it would be a lot more. Yeah. But I mean, I guess to her it was a lot because she she was poor. Right. You know, if I mean, even in today's world, if you, I mean, know, I you were poor, I mean, even, yeah, I, I would be happy if, well, would, not to kill somebody for it. But, no, but I mean, if someone gave it to <laughs> right? me, hey, you want, hey, you want 25 grand? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could do it if we could do a lot with that. Yeah. Um, 
but so she was happy with it. You know, she's just like, oh, heck yeah. <laughs> so shortly after her husband's death, she ends up marrying another man. And this is like right after her husband died. Mm. She like quickly moved on to a man named uh, Joseph Ruskowski. So, of also course. Polish. Yep. Yep. I think she married, like everybody she married was Polish because they all lived in the same, you know, right. area, neighborhood, whatever. So shortly after they're married, she predicts his death. What? She starts telling people like, my husband's going to die soon. And of course he dies. <laughs> and she ends up getting a payout of life insurance of almost $2,000, which would be like 50000 today. Do you think she killed him because he was being a jerk or because she wanted to get rich? I think she killed her first husband because he was a jerk. But he, I think once she got a taste of Like how this, easy it is to make. I think she was just like, keep the husbands coming. Wow. And then she was just get, making money off them. Did, was she uh, like an enchanting lady? Like, well, was she... it's interesting that you say that. <laughs> um, you know, you would think, you know, that these men are trying to you know, get with her and stuff. Yeah. That she must be like some hottie. Yeah. Um, but people actually described her as kind of lumpy and greasy. Huh. So that doesn't sound great. Yeah. And I've seen pictures of her. She's really not attractive. I'll show you. I mean, would you be into that? Whoa. Mm. <laughs> I mean, she does kind of have those Rasputin eyes. <laughs> she looks like Rasputin without a beard. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I mean, she's a you never know though. Like in, in person, like maybe someone's like real fun or something like that. And I mean, she made a amazing stew. She made a really good stew. She made good bigos. Yeah, but that's yeah. She doesn't look like someone who would just like have a line of of suitors. potential hu- husbands. Yeah, waiting for when the next one dies. Yeah, but, but I mean, she I mean, was. I don't know. Yeah, but as you'll see, I mean, the men kept coming for real there's more than two <laughs> yeah what so after uh joseph That's funny she does have her sputin eyes <laughs> <laughs> i can't get them out of my mind even though i'm not looking at the now picture you're enchanted anymore. by her i think i'm under her spell no. <laughs> all right so after uh joseph fraskowski passes away um she starts dating a man named joseph guskowski <laughs> <laughs> Truth is stranger than fiction, man. Wow. That's hilarious. Yes. <laughs> and he's thinking like, oh, I'll I'll have this is my luck, you know, third time's the charm. I'm not gonna yeah, die. Right, yeah. Similar name, but Well, she she starts dating him. Yeah. Okay, just dating. And so they move in together, okay. which at this time was very odd to yeah. move in with somebody that you're dating. Yeah. And she actually ends up conf- confiding in him about her previous husbands. They, they didn't die of sickness. She, that, she tells him that she killed them. Wow. So Joseph tells her at this point that he's not going to propose to her. <laughs> because she's, okay. she's expecting a proposal, but after he learns that her she killed her previous husbands, he decides that maybe that's not Mm. the best idea. So she tells him, she's like, I'm going to tell everybody that we've been living together because Mm. at this time it it was a crime to live together before you were married. And then he's like, well, I'm going to tell everyone that you killed your husbands. (laughs) Well, those are both like the same level (laughs) crimes. So what do you do? (laughs) So uh, surprisingly, well, not surprisingly, shortly after that, she starts to predict his death. And then so he, he kept living with her after this conversation. Yeah. See, that's what I was wondering. Okay, if you're dating a woman and she tells you that she killed both of her previous husbands, 
And then she serves you a big bowl of You're like walking Vigo. right down so are that you, road of Are you going to eat killed. that? Yeah. I guess he ate it. He did. Was it stew died. every time? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> wow. it was the same. Well, almost every time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm thinking now that after the first death, though, if she's got this money that's probably more money than a lot of other people in her. That's true. I didn't that think might, about that. They might have been into her for her money. You know? That's true. She might have been like a sugar mama in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. And she so can that cook. Have, she's got the money. First, the first settlement might have like set all this off. That's a good point. I did not even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. So he dies. And and still, no law enforcement looking into this. No one's like suspicious. Uh, no, they not just at, think not she's at good this point. Yeah. Fortune telling one specific kind of death, which right. is her husband's death. Yeah. And, you know, at this point, they weren't married, so she didn't get anything from his death. Sure. So she just killed him because she was mad. Yeah. You know, so it kind of went from killing out of necessity because her husband was mean to getting money. And now she's just like, right. well, you made me mad because you're not going to marry me. So, So people in town, they started to get excited about the fact that she was predicting all these deaths. (laughs) Like, you know, they believed that she really was... A fortune teller yeah. and sometimes she would in town she would she would go up to people and whisper in their ears you're gonna die soon no just for fun and no and then they would die what yeah that's weird was she killing them yeah like was she feeding soup to every single person she in her was town? feeding some people candy Oh, yeah. Wow. So yeah. she, okay. So this quickly so turned into So then it like kind of became maniacal. like she wanted the respect of people yeah and she had clearly had no regard for human life. No, none yeah, at all. So this. yeah, so she um, she would kill basically people that you know made her mad. She killed relatives. She killed neighbors. Um, she would give people candy, and they would eat it, and they would get sick and die. And all these people before they died, she would always tell you know this person's going to die or this person's going to get sick soon. Wow. Yeah. She, yeah, but she's but that's her only kind of. You know predictions. She's not saying oh, like oh the you know the Burkowski, you know twin twin <laughs> twins are gonna like you know get into university or right. No, you know, like, it was always gonna about, fall in love. It's just yeah, death. It's it like was always about. You think death. Was, someone a little sooner would have been like, wait, how do you know so much about when people are gonna <laughs> die? But the townspeople were pretty they were, pretty excited about they her. They were impressed by her. You found. So, she ends up meeting... And this is a period... Like, how much time has gone by since the death of her first husband by this time? So, he died, I want to say... I think it was 1914 that he died. So, this has only been, like, a few years. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, So, she ends up meeting a man named Frank Kupchak. And they get married. Because why not? (laughs) So, again, she starts telling people he's going to die... He becomes ill. Like really quickly? Um, I think they were they were not married super long. Okay. I think it was like a pretty short time after they got married because, you know, she's like trying to make that money. Yeah. Um, so, and they lived in an apartment together. And one day she comes outside of her apartment and she's got a newspaper ad and she's all excited. And her neighbors are like, what's going on, Tilly? And she's like, there's an ad for a $30 coffin, which was like a real good deal at the time. And 
she's like, my husband's about to die, so I'm going to go buy this coffin for him. So she asked her landlady, like, oh, can I store it in the basement? Because my, my husband's going to die soon. And so, I mean, she was very just... She wasn't hiding it. No. She, yeah. was, she wanted people to know that she was able to, you know, predict the future. So <laughs> he ends up dying, of course. Yeah. So <laughs> she marries again. <sighs> you got to be kidding. No. I mean, maybe having like a sturdy woman who makes like a killer, huh, killer, uh, stew, killer stew was like a really, you know, hot commodity at this time. Yeah, but like, how do you get around the <laughs> fact that like her husbands keep dying? <sighs> like, the, and this is a tight knit community. I mean, yeah, it, it's not like no people, there's certain people that don't know. Like, I'm positive that everybody knew, like, She's had four husbands that have died. Right. And the thing is, too, like... And you, not too long after, you know, for, the, it, for most of them. Even if you didn't suspect that she was killing them, would you want to marry this creepy woman who would, like, go around town just telling everyone they were going to die? Right, that's the thing. Like, I'm sure it was a, a very... Uh, uh, um, people were... A lot of people were superstitious. Yeah, very so much so. So even if they didn't suspect that she was poisoning them, you would still think that the, the stu- superstition piece would have been enough for guys to be like, well... There's something about that, you know, something about that woman. When you marry her, like, you end up dying. Right. But uh, maybe, you know, again, maybe she has enough money where they're like, well, if you marry marry her, she'll she'll take care of you, you know, and, and just try to, like, watch out for yourself, you know. I mean, I maybe that Bigos was just worth it. Yeah. Maybe it was that good. Maybe it was to die for. <laughs> Literally to die for. Bigos. How do you spell that again? B-I-G-O-S. And I don't, I have no idea yes. if I'm okay. pronouncing that right. Yeah. But We should make that sometime. Yeah. No, um, I, I think I'm going to make that for you sometime. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you take a bite first. <laughs> no, it does sound good. It does it sound does good. Sound yeah. Good. Um, so she marries a man. His name is uh, Joseph Kilmeck. Joseph Kilmick. Okay. Uh, question. At this point, is there a rough tally of how many total people she has killed? Um, I don't think at this point. Okay. It's in the, it's but, over a dozen, But right? they end up kind of, they sort of figure out the numbers. They say that she killed anywhere between nine and 20 people okay. when it was all said and done. Yeah. Uh, but at this, point, at this point, again, people didn't really, I mean, she just got married again. I mean- yeah. People maybe well, people were starting to get suspicious, but nobody okay. actually, you know. I mean, she's not in jail or anything, right? Um, so people called him. Well, in some of the sources that I read about this guy, his name was Joseph, and other sources his name was Anton. So I'm wondering if his name is Joseph Anton, and maybe people called him Anton because hmm. there were so many Josephs. <laughs> yeah, it does sound like there are a lot of Josephs. Um, so I'll just refer to him as Anton. Um, so again, shortly after they get married, she starts predicting that he's going to get sick and die. Um, and he becomes ill. So at this point, his brother, John becomes suspicious. Mm-hmm. So he knows about her. He knows that she's had husbands and relatives that have died after, you know, eating at her house and all this stuff. So he ends up alerting the police of his suspicions. So the police come to their place and they take a look at her husband and the the one police officer 
kind of like notices the signs of arsenic poisoning. Oh, okay. So they end up t- taking him to the hospital. Early forensics. Yeah. Interesting. And they test him for arsenic, which is interesting that they had a test for arsenic right. at this time. Yeah. Although I guess arsenic poisoning was common, so maybe it was just out of necessity. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I know that arsenic, they call it like a heavy metal okay. poison, so I'm assuming they could test yeah. for that in some yeah. way. So the the um the test for it um comes back positive. Wow. And he's very sick. He's sick for months after that, but he ends up surviving. Wow. So he gets out in time. Um so after this they decide to exhume the bodies of her previous husbands as well as some relatives oh, of my hers. Goodness. Wow. So they exhume the bodies, they test them, and they discover that all these bodies are loaded with arsenic. Wow. Like four times the amount that would kill somebody. Wow. Just like I mean, she just really overdid it on the arsenic. Yeah. I wonder if she had a big old jar in her pantry. Probably. Just like, like, you know, because she was so brazen about the whole thing. She wasn't even yeah. hiding it. But she just had a huge jar of like, is it a powder? It's a powder. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she just would, would like a lot, right? With the sugar and the yeah. flour, she would just, just dump it She had arsenic. a big like ceramic jar just labeled arsenic. <laughs> arsenic. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So, so, the, so the jig is up. Yeah. So after these tests come back, um, on October 26, 1922, at the age of 46, Tilly is arrested. Mm. So it's only, it's been less than 10 years since her first husband died. Yeah. So she's done all of this in like an eight year span. Um, the police also arrested her cousin Nellie because Nellie was suspected to have killed her a previous husband as well as her own twin children and a, her granddaughter the same way so and she had also provided tilly with a poison called rough on rats which was <laughs> was a popular rat poison at this time and it was something you could just buy right you know at your right. local drugstore rough on rats <laughs> and it was actually advertised to clear out rats mice roaches ants bed bugs and all vermin Including so husbands any that vermin you in your life. Happy with. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. I looked at it's kind of interesting to look at like the old yeah. you know. Yeah. Like advertisements <laughs> for it and stuff. Um, so people in town, so she's arrested, her cousin is arrested. Me, um I was watching a show last night where they were talking about after the Civil War, heroin was just in these like fancy little pill bottles oh. for for soldiers, you know, and they would like take heroin like it was Tylenol. That's so crazy. <laughs> Yeah, weird. Just like sold at the store. Yeah, apparently, I mean, advertised in magazines. It just says heroin. <laughs> How times have changed. Mm. Um, so people were suspecting that her and her cousin were part of a group called the Bluebeard Clique, which was kind of like a witch's club. Mm. So, and then uh, around town, it became kind of like a literal witch hunt because they started arresting like all kinds of women. Oh, are you kidding? Thinking, no, thinking that they were part of this club. Wow. Which is interesting because like, obviously you've heard about that back in, you know, the 1600s. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, this is about 300 years later. Yeah. Well, maybe less than that, but yeah. So, sorry. Um. So they end up, so yeah, so they think these women are, you know, part of this club. They're doing black magic and all this stuff um but they end up releasing all the women okay except for tilly and nelly yeah because you know 
they had, I guess, hard evidence on them. Yeah. Well, maybe Nellie was just using the recipe and not paying attention yeah. to the ingredients. She's like, mm, arsenic? Okay. <laughs> All right, whatever. whatever I don't know, what, I don't know what that is, but... Rough on rats? Okay. A little bit of this. <laughs> so, uh, Tilly ends up going on trial. Um, and the whole time, Tilly maintained her innocence. So, she, she never once admitted to doing any of this. She said she would never do that. You know, I loved my husband's. She just never admitted to it. Wow. And a lot of different people testified against her. It was a very public case. So mm. once this came out, it was like, you Not know. Not just in the Polish Chicago community, but like everywhere in Chicago. Probably. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was in all the papers. Um, so she ends up getting convicted of these murders and she's sentenced to life in prison. Hmm. So, and like I said earlier, she killed at least nine people and possibly as many as 20. Right. When it was all said and done. Um, so Nilly and Nelly and Tilly served time in the same prison. Um, I think it was like Cook County, okay. which would make sense because yeah. Chicago. Um, and while they were in prison together, Tilly would convince Nelly that she was about to be taken out and hanged. It was like a little joke that she yeah. would do, which was creepy. <laughs> it's creepy. Um, but Nelly was acquitted after serving a year and she was let out of prison. Okay. So... Uh, Tilly ended up serving the rest of her life in prison. She died of a heart attack on November 20th, 1936, at the age of 60. Wow. And that's the story of Tilly Gaborik. My goodness. That's crazy. It's just hard to believe that someone could get away with that for that long. Yeah, I know. I know. Wow. It's crazy. Do you have any questions, comments? Um, nothing that I can think of. I, I pretty much like interrupted you with all of them when I thought of them. <laughs> so, thank you for digging this up. Yeah, you're welcome. How'd you originally find the story? Um, I actually saw it on an episode of Deadly Women. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's where I first heard about on it. On Investigative Discovery? Um, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yep. It's on Investigation Discovery. I didn't even know they had older ones. Yeah, no, uh, that Deadly Women, they have older crimes, they have crimes from other countries, so there's a okay. lot of variety. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Was it hard to find information or was it kind Not of Not really. I mean, once I, you know, started looking into it, there's, you know, there were several sources, yeah. information on it, but um, yeah, it's just super interesting. It is interesting. Interesting, wow. yeah. And it's, uh, you know, one of the closer to home uh, cases that we've had. Yeah, that's right. Because we're here in, uh, in uh, the Quad Cities, yeah. uh, right on the western Illinois border and about three hours away from Chicago. So, yeah, hometown crime. Yeah. Sort of, or like... Almost. Yeah, almost. We will have to do some, like, Quad City crimes yes, coming we, up. Yes, we've had some requests mm-hmm. for that, and, and I know you're working on that, and that's exciting, too, because... Um, there's actually quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> um, some really messed up ones. There are some, yeah. I don't know if it's because the river starts going like east to west right around here. I don't or know. What. <laughs> I mean, pretty, like, pretty much, well, I've seen a lot of the crimes that happen in the Quad Cities like featured on shows. Interesting. So it's like they're messed wow. up enough to be on, you know, like Snapped or right. different investigate, you know, tw- Dateline, NBC, right, and right. stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. More to look forward to. Well, uh, do you know what's coming next uh, week, or are you still working on it? Um, I have a pretty good idea. All right, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. 
Again, thank you so much for all the work you did on that coffee. Of course. And again, thank you to Clatch Coffee for sending us this wonderful, beautiful Panama natural um, whole bean coffee. We've really enjoyed it. Yeah, so make sure you check that out. Uh, go to, what is it, Clatch Roasters? Um, cla- yes, dot com. Okay, yeah. awesome. And also congratulations to our winner, um, Lauren, right? Yes, Lauren Nordstrom. Lauren Nordstrom. And we will be contacting her uh, today and sending her a coffee mug. All this right. has been Coffee with Crime. I'm Lewis. And I'm Alexi. See you next time.